0: Welcome back to Couch Conversations with myself Rani. This week I'm reflecting back on an interview with LA-based actor Sherik O'Quinn. Let's take a listen to what he's got to say about a life as an actor and being in LA. So, Sherik, welcome to Couch Conversations. Um, you know, I've obviously only just met you for the first time on camera now. Yeah. Um, but Tell me a little bit about yourself and the viewers who've been watching this um, show. You know, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do.
1: Okay. Um, My name is Jericho Quinn. Uh, I am 32 years old and I am based in Los Angeles, California. Um, Born and raised in the U.S. Um, I was raised uh, mostly in Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. So uh, most of my family's from the South. And, um... Now I'm currently an actor, I'm also uh, a minister. So um, that's part of my part of my, my backstory. And um, yeah, I, I was raised um, in Kentucky. Um, I'm the oldest of three. So,
0: okay.
1: yeah, um, have, a, have a younger brother, younger sister. Um, awesome mom who's been awesome part of my my journey. And I guess the legacy that I'm writing right now. Yeah. And um yeah, uh started there. Um also an actor, professional actor. And you, um You
0: graduated, didn't you, from, with your master's? Um was it last year?
1: No, it was actually May 15th of this year.
0: Oh wow, okay. Yeah,
1: like, I am I am fresh, fresh out of out of graduate school <laughs> <focus, laughs> uh, a master of fine arts in uh, in acting. So I uh, got that at the University of Southern California. So I am super excited to have, have that, uh, that, that finished now because it's been an awesome journey. And, uh, I feel like I've checked off a big, a big part of, um, a big part of the acting journey that I, that I really was, uh, excited for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how, so what, what is it like in LA? Obviously you're an acting hub. Um, lots of beautiful people around you know and um you know obviously talking about agents and things like that how yeah. easy or hard has it been for you to find work and to obviously you know people have different versions of what LA is like so yeah. tell us from your point of view what is LA like and how have you found it in terms of the acting industry
1: well first of all I want to press anything that I say with I think it's always you're always in a good position when God's going before you and I can honestly say that every step of the way God has been here and he's consistently affirmed that I'm in the right place at the right time in the right season of my life. And so, in that way I can definitely say, I've seen a lot of grace just in how things have unfolded. Um, I mean, seriously, (laughs) my first two years I've been, it'll be three years in August that I've been here. And, um, my first two years, like, every day it was still surreal that I was here in Los Angeles, you know, because as an actor and with my ambitions, you know, for what I want to do with my career, um, I, I always envisioned being in Los Angeles. So it's like to wake up and I'm here in Los Angeles pursuing my acting goal and being in this place of, um, opportunity has just, just been so surreal. You know, it's very gratifying to know that I'm here. And I've really been at peace, you know, with being here. The most, it had the most contentment that I've had um, ever, especially uh, profession professionally, you know, um, because I was an educator at one point in time. Um, I worked in um, customer service, doing some things before I finally, you know, transitioned in and said, okay, hey, this is the thing I want to chase and pursue. And it's been awesome. But Los Angeles as a city is amazing. Um, it's okay. really dynamic, really vibrant. Um, I love the pace of the city. And I love <laughs> that Like there's so many different uh, ethnicities. So there's so much diversity here. I mean, it's kind of cool because it reminds me of different places in ways. It reminds me of uh, of New York,
0: okay. but then there,
1: there are aspects, you know, with the pace and, and but then in other ways, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, Place that I've been to, like when I was in Ghana, like I mean, there's something, there's something I guess like, like I guess a, an example is like in my neighborhood, like it's it's common to see like fruit vendors, you know, pushing their trolleys, you know, their little trolleys down wow. you know, and selling, you know, fresh fruit and snacks and stuff like that. And that's not that, and I remember like how how much I enjoyed that. Like when I was studying abroad and undergrad in Ghana, you know, and seeing that in a culture that was totally different from mine. So it's like to be able to see that here and go into different communities and that community is totally different from yeah. this other community, you know, whether it's Korea town or whether you're going to Filipino town or to all the various Latino communities. It's just, it's just awesome. And and then on top of that, it's like, it's palm trees and sunshine, you know, most days. So I feel like it's I feel like it's easy to have a great day when you wake up and and it's green and beautiful outside and sunny. So I've, wow. I've really enjoyed um, my stay here so far. And um, not to say that I haven't had ups and downs, you know, because you still always have the journey, you know.
0: Yeah, but absolutely.
1: If I'm going to have it anywhere... Um, it's a good place to have place. It, yeah. it with yeah. palm
0: trees, right? Yeah, you know, yes, absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely. Obviously, I mean, that's so amazing to hear that. Obviously, you're in LA, and you know, you're following God's call in your life, which is obviously really important. But obviously, life hasn't always been easy. So Tell us a little bit about how you came to faith, and you know, um, you know, have you always been a Christian? You know, mm-hmm. were you born into a Christian family, or some people say you know from the cradle? So, are you you know, tell us a little bit about you know your your kind of Christian journey. Mm-hmm.
1: Um my mom and my dad were both Christians. Um it was or uh, well, stepdad, I should say stepdad, um, because I was raised by my stepdad for the bulk of my uh youth, probably up until like high school, um okay. before they separated. Um I've actually never met my, my real father, and that's my biological father, and that's very much a part of my journey, um, okay. spiritually and personally. But um, my stepfather and my mom both were Christians, and uh my step my stepdad would make sure me and my little brother went to church every Sunday when I was, when I was young. So I, I started going in grade school, maybe about, I don't know, uh, maybe about third grade was okay. when I, I remember started, starting to go. And um, I got baptized in the fourth grade. Um, I remember riding on the church the church van every Sunday, going to church, had a lot of fun memories, you know, uh, with that driver, you know, one of our ministers, Brother Richie and, and the kids on the bus um, did vacation Bible school. Um, uh, I sung in the choir. So I was, so I was involved as a youth all the way up to probably about, um, when I was in the sixth grade, so maybe about 12, uh, maybe at 11, I guess 11 or 11 or 12.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and my family moved. And when we moved, um, we didn't go as frequently, my brother and I um, still kind of went, but we didn't go as frequently, but, um, eventually I we kind of, kind of tapered off of going. And um but it was interesting that I think God had really put his <laughs> gotten his hold on me, you know, um, mm. at an early age because even though I wasn't going to church, like out, this is so this it's it's so interesting. I used to pray. I still prayed like pretty regularly. Okay. And I used to I really, as a kid, like I would pray for like an hour or more, like as a kid. And it was just, oh. just Interesting. But, um, wow. so that was, that was me. So I always kind of had some type of connection. Like I had some type of connection to God, even though I wasn't like in the church as I was as a youth. And so I had this time frame where I wasn't in the church all the way up through undergrad in college. Mm-hmm. And then around my, um, around my senior year, my girlfriend at the time was Catholic. She had started going, um, going to, uh, going to a lot of Catholic, uh, um, services a lot more. And Mm -hmm. I had also, um, started this, um, actually, I think with the help of, um, with the help of your aunt
0: um,
1: (laughs) and, uh, and this, um, intercultural, um, club on campus, we'd start this tutoring group at a local Baptist church. And so I think it was the, I think it was a combination of those two influences and this tug from God, you know, um, on me that kind of led me to recommit my life to Christ because, Mm -hmm when i graduated from undergrad i just felt like i felt like something was missing yeah. i didn't i couldn't pinpoint it but i just felt like there you was some there
0: was a hole in your life there was something yeah like, yeah, yeah 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 and
1: I, and and for and i think because i'd had people you know my aunt i have an aunt that's a that is a pastor um my great my great grandmother was uh was was um was a preacher and a minister And I had those people. And I think just because of the experience I had as a youth had kind of influenced me and and put me in God's orbit. So I think he was able to kind of lead me that way. And uh, so after undergrad, I made a commitment to myself. I was like, I'm going to recommit my life to you. It's like, I don't know where to start. I was (laughs) like, I have no idea where to start. I was like, all I know is I can go to church. I was like, let's do that. Let's make a commitment. Let's find a church. When I got an undergrad, I went back to Kentucky. I'd been going to school in Wisconsin uh, six hours away. And so when I came back, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to miss church. I'm going to go every Sunday. And um, I found this really awesome church. And I just remember like maybe the second, the first time I went, my pastor, Damian Thompson, at this church, who's been instrumental in my growth. Um, as a Christian, um, he really spoke to me and I and, and the church was so welcoming and warming. And um I was just like, I think this is where I need to be and where I need to be to grow. But I didn't join. I didn't join the church. And then that second time I was like, I need to join this church. So I joined that church and then I started going to church every Sunday. I didn't know what what to do, you know. Um <laughs> It was it's just interesting when I look back on how the journey started. Cause I remember there's so many times like I'd be in Sunday school and like feeling like you know um, so humble because I was, people be talking about Bible stories and I was like I don't understand this. Or I remember like struggling, you know, trying to be consistent reading my Bible and not understanding things. And and you know, when I first started, I I had I I would get to church late. You know, I'd get to church like I'd make it, but I, I'd kind of be late. <laughs> <laughs> and then getting in the process of actually getting there on time, and then getting up early. You got going there.
0: That's the main school. thing. You got there. You yeah. Say?
1: You know. So it's just like seeing all these changes. So fast forward. You know, I just kept getting more and more entrenched. Next thing you know, I'm singing choir because I love singing choir as a kid, and and then um, I'm helping. You know, um as an assistant for a Sunday school class, and then a few, you know, a few years into the thing, you know, I accept the call to ministry, and then I'm preaching, you know, at this church and teaching, you know, um, adults and teens and preaching for the adult congregation. So it was this amazing journey, you know, um, over the span of, uh, over the span of years.
0: Wow. It, it's so amazing, isn't it? Cause like going to ministry is such a call, um, you know, from God, but also Mm -hmm. our purpose may be the same, but the assignments may be many. Um, yeah. And that's something I learned myself only, only in the last like six to twelve months really. Someone said to me, really? "Your purpose is the same, but your assignments may be many." I'm like, "What?" Okay. <laughs> you know, so it's really, it's really lovely to kind of share, you know, hear your testimony. And actually, yeah. now that you've gone from, you know, education, you know, ministering, um, and actually now going to, um, you know, being an actor and you know living in LA and you know, because ev- you know everyone needs Jesus, you know, everyone needs to yes. hear the yeah. gospel and whatever platform that's on. It's mm-hmm. so important to be able to kind of share that. Um, so, wow. <laughs> so, listening to that, and obviously we've spoken a little bit, little bit before this anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the last two weeks has been a lot of stuff that's happened. Obviously, we're dealing with, um, you know, the pandemic of the virus, which has been, you know, keeping us all. Um, I'd say busy, but busy in a different way.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I guess more soul searching and trying to find out, you know, what is God doing. Yeah. Um, but also naturally what's been really tough is um obviously um George Floyd's death and what's been going mm. on. Um and obviously you're born and raised in the US. So yeah. it'd just be really lovely to hear from you, um, from your experiences, you know, anything that you've experienced, um, you know, what was it what has it been like growing up um, mm. you know, as a young black male in the US? I mean, the UK is different, and I know the US is a, it's a wonderful country in many ways. Um but there's a lot there's a lot of um I'd say there's a lot of um orthodox thinking as well, you know, in some ways. Um so tell us a little bit about that journey. How did you, you know, how did you feel like obviously seeing that video, but also how how has it resonated with you as a as a you know as a young black male?
1: Yeah. Um the whole this whole season's been interesting because um I think now that I'm having Cause I think when everything started kind of unfolding um, mm-hmm. and actually I, I want to mention that one of the people that um, passed in, uh, you know, in some of these police, these police confrontations was Breonna Taylor. She's actually from my hometown. She's from oh, Louisville, wow. Kentucky. That's, that's where I was raised. Okay. So um, it's been kind of interesting because I feel like now I have a little more perspective mm-hmm. and I think when I'm looking down at it, I'm seeing, you know, that, I think a lot of this stuff is coming, it's coming up because it has to, in order, in order for us to really be able to deal and grapple, because I think yeah. there has to be exposure and revelation of these things, you know,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, in, in order, in order for us to see, okay. In order for us to have transparency about what's really, what's really underneath the surface of what needs yeah. to be dealt with. And, um, when things first started, um, I think initially it's always you know the outrage and and the questioning you know of uh, why are these things happening and um i've had i've had a you know a difference emotion sometimes I've had emotion you know this feeling of not knowing what to do and not knowing what I should be doing as a black person you know
0: yeah
1: um am I, you know am i supposed to be doing am I supposed to be going and protesting as an agent of change you know do I need to be you know talking to people you know um and I think as I've kind of gone through um, what's been going on and reflecting on my own experiences, I think there's been this desire to really be seen, and um, and I think that was one thing that actually prompted me to go to my first protest. I'd never been to a protest until this season of time.
0: I remember, I remember messaging you going, "Are you all right?"
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I, I had a lot of people saying that, and. Um, I remember I had been watching the news and, um, and just thinking about things and really, cause I feel like there's a certain, I feel like we, there is a responsibility, but it's at the same time it's like, is there a burden for me to go, you know? And, and, and what, like, I feel like there's a grappling with that, you know? And um, I was just like, what am I supposed to be doing? And I just started thinking about like how, how many oftentimes it's, it, it seems so simple, I think, to other people. But I remember as a black man being on campus at at at, at my university, mm-hmm. and in the world, like the how many times I thought about walking down the sidewalk and questioning. What people think of me as I move past them, and something as simple as people shifting on the sidewalk when they move past me or moving out of the way and and moving to the opposite side so there's so many times where I wonder like are they moving because i'm you know I'm just in the way you know or you know are they because of safety reasons are they moving because i'm I'm black and there's this idea of who I could be or there's this unconscious bias you know um or stereotyping, you know, because I'm a six foot four black man, you know, I'm um, walking down the sidewalk. And I remember a lot of times that bothered me. And and it bothered me because I feel like that's that's a question that a lot of other people from other backgrounds and experiences don't have to ask. You know, they don't they don't wonder that, you know, or, you know, after uh, Ahmaud Arbery was shot. I was running through a neighborhood, you know, with a lot of nice homes, you know, that I uh, don't typically run through. Yeah. And I remember in the back of my mind, you know, thinking, you know, there was this 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 slight apprehension, you know, could someone, you know, be seeing me run through the neighborhood and thinking that I'm running through the neighborhood trying to case their homes or something, you know, yeah. to burglarize their homes, you know. And so that's a, a very real reality, you know, I yeah. think. As a black person, you know, whenever I go into communities or different spaces where I'm not in the majority or where or, or where the people I feel like are, are a different crust for me, you know, I wonder, like, how will I be perceived, you know? Um, and so. Uh, it's been good. I, th- I think it's been good for me to have to confront these things and and really um, consider my experience more. but. Um, I'm I'm really just blown away right now by the amount of solidarity and unity that I'm seeing right now you know coming to the coming coming up because okay. of everything that's going on and uh and it's just I think just this time in general you know has just been amazing because you have the pandemic you have all these things going on politically I think in your country and our country as well you know yeah um and then you have these 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 matters of, of uh, social, you know, um, equality that are coming up. And, um, and I'm just glad to see that people unify. And yeah. when I went to my protest, um, I was surrounded by so many people that didn't look like me, whether Latino or Asian or white, um, there are Black people, of course. And actually I was in the minority as a Black person in the group. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, it was just amazing
0: yeah.
1: to be in that group and feel so empowered to be supported and affirmed. That I remember chanting Breonna Taylor's name and Ahmaud Arbery's name and George Floyd's name, mm-hmm. and just feeling um, empowered and feeling as if I was part of something bigger the than change. me. Yeah, and change. And I remember feeling chills going through that. And and it was such a day because I remember when we started, I was really apprehensive, you know, going. And then I I remember when I got there, you know, there were there were National Guardsmen where we were, because I was in downtown LA and they've been looting, you know, previously in the day. So they had, you know, they had they had people um from the National Guard and from the police there. And so you're seeing National Guardsmen in fatigues with guns, you know, and police Yeah, it's very scary, especially as a black person, as a black man and not not knowing you know what's going to happen and then you also don't know in this situation i think and i'm, I'm very grateful that the protest a lot of the protests, has been peaceful and people i think are starting to really see that looting and doing things that are counterproductive are undermining what we're trying to do yeah absolutely. Um,
0: um, would you say being in would you say being in la obviously there's so much diversity there
1: yeah
0: do you see a massive difference in terms of how people approach you um in LA versus in Kentucky? Like, do you feel like there's a world of difference? Or would you say that it's is similar, and the, the, the sentiment underlying is, is still the same?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I think... I I would guess it's similar. Um, it's, 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 it's a really, it's a really hard question. It's a really good question. Um, sorry, (laughs) because
0: the the thing is, um, I've, I've been to the U S obviously, I've been to Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we've been to Minnesota and we've driven Dakshanti and myself and, and, um, Bella, we've driven from Wisconsin, you know, all the way down to Florida. Um, and when you're driving through the Midwest, it's just a very different, Because it's just farms, you know, it's literally just fields everywhere. And I'm not, you know, I can understand why. And I don't mean I'm um, giving people a pass for why they think the way they do, because I think there's no room for ignorance. Uh, You know, ultimately, we all are, you know, accountable for ourselves. But I could understand why people voted for Trump if they did in the Midwest, because if their only form of education is TV, And it's, you know, a biased news channel, then that's Mm -hmm. what you're feeding yourself with. And and we know as Christians that whatever you listen to, whatever you read, whatever you hear, you absorb everything. And that's why it's so important to protect our spirit. Um, But and that kind of gave me a bit of insight. I remember we stopped. at um, I think it was Georgia. We stopped at um, the service station Mm -hmm. and um, we went into the service station and I saw these really beautiful wooden crosses, you know, um, that you could buy. And I started looking further down this aisle, not even aisle, but like a stand. And I got to the bottom of it. And I was so angry because I engraved a a, a gun on the cross. And I was just like, I just didn't know what to say because I was just fuming. I was like, at what point did Jesus use use any kind of weapon apart from the word of God? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think yeah. I think that's why I'm asking because actually if you go to New York, yes it's a multicultural city, but just looking at what's on the news and obviously it's different to living in New York and what you see on the news because you only get to see a snippet. But if the NYPD are acting the way that they are, you know, yeah. and even that's a multicultural thing, you know, multicultural kind of city, Or then how does that impact LA? And LA is very different to, I've never been to the West side, so that's my goal. But I I assume that because it is quite laid back in terms of how it is, Mm -hmm. actually, you know, is there really a difference, you know, apart from the fact there's palm trees and it's nice weather and it's Mm -hmm. more multicultural, but actually is there more, is there still prejudice and discrimination, which I think there will be anywhere anyway. But Have you noticed, do you feel, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, do you feel safer in Kentucky or LA or would you just say that actually you just still feel the same, but you just try and, you know, live day by day uh, with the grace of God really?
1: Yeah. I think in ways, I I think, I think, first of all, I think there's always this lived in black experience Mm. that you're always going to be aware that you're other and different. And, and, and I'm, and I'm sure, that as a person, as a fellow person of color,
0: yeah. that you
1: could probably relate to that. So, I think there's always that. Um, but it's interesting because I'm being from Louisville. Louisville is a, is a city, mm-hmm. um, uh, like a medium-sized city, okay. and um, it's predominantly black and more black and white. Those are the two uh, the two largest um, races in the city. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm used. To there people, people see black people, you know, and here, you know, of course you do have this melting pot, but I guess that there's different ways. Like on campus at USC, um, a lot of times I did feel, um, sometimes I felt out of place, you know, because I was definitely a minority uh, on campus and, and actually at USC, they're far more what there are far more, way more white students, way more Asian students and way more, um, Latino students. Okay. And, and, and you never know what, what people will see, you know, um, what people's perspectives are. Mm. Um, so I feel like there's, I do feel like there is kind of this burden that goes wherever, because I have been in some communities where I felt very welcome, you know, yeah. um, LA and then other places where, you know, I still feel like I, I stick out because the other thing about L.A., though, is I feel like whereas in Louisville, people you're used to seeing black people and everything. I feel like in L.A., because you have so many different ethnicities, sometimes you have these enclaves and neighborhoods that are very, very, very homogenous. OK. So, so when you step into them, you know. You do stick out, you know, and I feel like always as a, I feel like as a black person, I'm always going to stick out more than anyone else that that that's different from that, you know, from that, from another ethnicity. I feel like a white person is going to stick out a little less than me. Uh, whenever <laughs> Unless I they
0: went to Ghana or Africa, in which case they'd be the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and when you say that, you know, that's the only place and maybe possibly in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. That was the only place where I've ever felt that I had I was able to drop that burden and where I was just sharing. I I, I didn't think about race I didn't think about being uh, a certain type of black person you where just, I was just,
0: you could just breathe as a person and, yeah. and feel free yeah
1: yeah and there was a freedom in that so um yeah. so I, I hope I answered that question yeah, yeah
0: no no you have and that, that that's really important you know um I think first and foremost um as a you know as a human being but as a daughter of Christ you know we have freedom in him Sadly, I live in a world where there is oppression and there are people who, you know, don't value one another's lives um, equally. Um, And I'm really sorry about that because I'm sorry that, you know, anyone has to live in that way. You know what I mean? That's not okay. Um, But I am really proud of you for, you know, pursuing acting, um, finding God again. And that's just a really amazing, like, journey to be on. And, you know, as much as there is human power, we know that the ultimate power obviously is god and god is for sure like putting light into the darkest corners and exposing yeah. um what is broken and what is not okay and what is not yeah. right there's just so much there's so much pain but there is so much goodness in the world yeah. um but if if everyone is not being tra- treated equally and fair and is not loved in the same yeah. way we have an issue do you know what i mean and actually yeah. I've probably learned more about history in the last two weeks than I have in my lifetime as a 36 year old. So I just feel like I feel really ignorant because I feel like, oh, my gosh, how do I not know this? But when you look at history overall, every country has blood on their hands, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I loved is what you said about when you were when you went to the protest. actually you were the minority. And actually there were more people from different ethnic backgrounds coming out, including, you know, including from the white community coming out. And actually that has power to it. Because oh, yeah. it, um I think for me that shows that the younger generation particularly are much more um not always the word tolerant, but a lot much more open and loving to just seeing people as human beings rather than a particular race. And it's important that we acknowledge people's um culture and background and experiences. But it's also it's also really important to acknowledge that people are just human beings, you know, that we that we are all um, fallible, that we all, um, you know, have a a brain and organs and, you know, a body that is, you know, um, made in God's image, that we are made in God's image. And I think that's really important. Um, A lot of prejudice comes from um, just generations of my mum and dad taught me that. And actually it takes time for people to understand that she do i because i I said this i had this really open conversation on instagram um with one of my friends shamara who's um british caribbean so Mm -hmm. you know her grandparents are from from the caribbean i think came over with the windrush generation and um i said to her i said you know i grew up you know in a culture um where i was taught i couldn't marry someone who was black white or muslim you know what i mean and um that was difficult because you're kind of like well why do they think that way and when you ask you know well why and it's like you just you just can't there was no there was no real answer and yeah. it took for me to, it was only 2017 actually it took for me to go hang on a second because i have i've had friends i've always had friends i've always been in a multicultural environment but it took for me to understand i think as a grown woman making a choice about who i want to marry and i yeah. went hang on a second do i do i believe that and i went no i don't i don't believe that it took for me to stop it with me to say, actually, you know, it's not what I believed, it was what was passed down. And that fear sometimes, we're like, if our parents say to you, don't do something, you're like, okay, I'm going to be respectful to my parents and I'm yeah. not going to do it. But because I lost my mum quite young, my mum was quite open minded, Um, you know, but our grandparents' generation, a little bit more. Um, I'd say traditional with their thoughts and prejudice yeah. and, and discriminative, you know, and I think yeah, that's, yeah, a cool, yeah, that's across all cultures. I don't think that's just the Asian yeah, culture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And like, we're, from, like, we're from Uganda originally. So, you know, my mum and my grandfather were born in Uganda. Um, my grandmother was born in Kenya. Um, <laughs> but obviously my ancestral roots are India. So <laughs> what's really interesting is that obviously they were in the time of Edi Amin when he kicked the Asians <laughs> out of Uganda so part of me feels like, I, I, I can't ask her the question because she's passed away, but actually is that where her prejudices came from, the fear that there was somebody who kicked them out. Um, and that they, at that time, there were people who were looted as well. And I think yeah. they were given, I, I can't remember if it's 30 or 90 days, they were given a very short period to go right, basically grab your things and get out our country. So wow. they came to the UK and, you know, were in a refugee camp. So I'm, I'm really proud to say I'm a daughter of a refugee. And when I think about Jesus, I'm like, well, I'm a daughter of another refugee. You know what I mean? like yeah. this is so, yeah. so I think there's so many um, layers to all of this. Um, and I think what I've found, and I don't know about you, is that we can't change the course of history, but mm-hmm. we can write a new history for the generation to come. And I think we've all gotten so comfortable in just living life as it is, Mm-hmm. but actually now that this has all come to light you know every day we have the opportunity to write something better and to write something good you know not just for our own families and leaving legacies but I always look forward to I think particularly with this situation um you know bringing God's kingdom back because ultimately as Christians that's what we're trying to do is yeah. bring God's kingdom back not not build and not build another worldly way that build a godly way which is loving and kind and generous and you know um open-hearted and just so much more grace and mercy and forgiveness mm-hmm. reconciliation transformation all those good things yeah. that you know god's done in both of our lives um it's just yeah i just want to see more of that do you know what i mean i want to see more people know that transforming love um yeah yeah no thank you so much for like taking the time out to you know to chat and share your story and i think yeah. you know if there's one piece of advice you would give to anyone who is um searching for faith what would you say
1: um i would say it's trusting god is is hard work yeah but <laughs> it is the most beautiful and uh, rewarding journey that you can possibly be on. Um, because there are so many times where I just say, I wish I knew God in this way. Yeah. Sooner, you know, it's like, where'd I be, you know, had I known God this way just a few years, you know, earlier, you know, or had I had this type of relationship or what would God be doing, you know, through me in the world right now. So, um, I would say, yeah, that, um, it's to not be afraid of, of, of the decision of that leap, because, you know, I think with anything with faith, no matter what it is, you know, it's all there's always fear of uh, yeah. that unknown. And so, yeah, it's just to just leap in and trust that that it, that it's going to blow your mind and yeah. uh, and know that that it's it's still going to be a journey. Because if there's anything that I've learned over the last few years of my life is that um, life is about the journey, not the destination, you know. And it's about who you're becoming and everything you're going through and you can't take anything for granted. So yeah. I guess that's what I'd say most about faith.
0: I, I agree. <laughs> because yeah. yeah, it's absolutely it's not about what you do, it's about who you become as a person. Ultimately, yeah. God cares about our character. You know, yeah. everything else is like, yeah, we'll just do it because it's what God's asked of us. But ultimately, yeah. if we just keep doing stuff but we never grow spiritually and grow, you know, um and and change the, I guess if we don't transform as God's called, called us to transform, then, you know, we're kind of stuck with, with the old self rather than the new self of what God's trying to do. And I think it, it takes, like I said, it's hard work because you have to be willing to be open to what yeah. God is asking of you. And I think that's the hardest part because so many of us are control freaks. We want to yeah. hold on to stuff, don't we? And we want to, um, you know, we, we want to be able to be in control of our life because if we don't, then things might go wrong. But actually, yeah. you're right, trusting in faith are the two of the key things is that you have to literally take a deep breath and let go in every aspect of your life yeah. and let God just completely like you know um, embrace that for you and go okay Lord whatever you're asking of me I surrender it all to you <laughs> like you know yeah. do what you need to do
1: I think one of the greatest joys um, that I've had is the conflict that I had with thinking that ministry and my my career path as an actor. We're separate entities. And that has been such a, such a great journey for me to go through because it's revealed to me that we don't have to put, we can't put God in the box and that he has a lot bigger things that he wants to do for us and yeah. for the kingdom and how he wants to use us than we can ever imagine. So however you, however he's made you with every interest, you know, or passions, like I think we have to, we have to honor that and trust yeah. that and trust yeah. that God can use those things. Even if we don't see yeah. those things, you know because i feel like yeah. sometimes we can put ourselves in, in a box as much as society and other people can put us in the box and say this is how you should treat and serve god and this is what you should do and i remember i went through a process where i really struggled i was like well i feel like i'm i should be doing ministry and maybe i should be doing this but at the same time it's like i feel like i'm led to do this thing in the creative arts and like how do these things reconcile and it's like no these things go together like god none of these things are separate separate for god you know no, so. and he's giving
0: you those gifts for a reason you know he's giving you the gift of acting for a reason because he wants you to you know god is a creator you know what i mean so you doing acting is not against what god's will it's not against what god's asked of you and not everybody if we were all in church and you know just doing ministry in church well <laughs> we'd all be in a very different place you know yeah. we're, we're called to be on so many different front lines um mm-hmm. and showing the gospel you know and it's like you know. I think that's the thing. I think when people think about Christians, sometimes not not everyone necessarily, but just that it's this religious way of life, and it's not. I think what people need to remember is that it's a relationship with God. Um, yes. you know, just like two humans get to know one another. You know, it's the same thing. Like you know, you don't know everything about me. I don't know everything about you. And you know, actually, it takes time to get to know people and understand their story and understanding yes. God and how, what He wants to do in our life. That's a whole life. That's a lifelong journey. So. Yeah. you know you've got to commit to it and you've got to put in the hard work and also you've got to take a deep breath and let go of stuff and let god you know take control
1: <laughs> absolutely absolutely but
0: i uh, thank you so much for your time Jerick. i really appreciate it i really appreciate you um you know taking the time to speak with me and obviously share your journey it's yeah. such an amazing testimony and i yeah keep praying god's protection over you and um yeah hopefully we'll continue speaking